Hey ghouls, happy hump day, and welcome to Ghoul Friends Podcast, brought to you by your best ghoul friends, Lucy and Lindsay. Grab your blankets, snacks, and good vibes for tonight's sleepover, where the category is always horrifically spooky. If you want to keep up with us on the socials, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at GhoulFriendPod on Twitter and GhoulFriends underscore podcast on Instagram. You can also listen to us on all podcasting platforms where we release new episodes every Wednesday. And if you want to follow me on my personal socials, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Lulu underscore Pew. And I'm at Hi It's Lindsay underscore on all social media. Now let's get spooky. Hey ghouls, and welcome to Ghoul Friends Podcast. Happy hump day, and I'm joined, as always, by my best ghoul, Lindsay. How are you doing, Hen? How's your week been? Uh, It's been all right. I feel like today I've just been like, what am I doing? What is life? Because I've got a four-day weekend coming up, and I'm just like, I was just trudging through the day, really, so I could get to my four days off. (laughs) that's fair you had your hair done as well by the way because it's looking very nice thank you I got it I cut today by the lovely Chanel she loves putting a cuddle in my hair when I first started going to her I was like just dry it and I'll pay and go and now she like absolutely insists on putting a cuddle in it because I used to never let her do anything I'm like okay you can play with my hair (laughs) I guess I'm paying you Um, my week, as you know, has been chaotic as fuck because Miss Rona caught me. <laughs> she got you, gal. <laughs> she got me. I thought I got it when I was in Glasgow, but I think I might have got it a bit sooner. But I was supposed to get my hair done on Wednesday. I was going to go green. Oh, no. So I'm still living the redhead fantasy right now, which is great and everything. But I, yeah, I have to wait till May now to get my hair done. Devastating. Region absolute agent um but we are not alone today we are joined by the lovely nina aka nina the book slayer how are you doing go i'm getting over the Ms. Rona. <laughs> <laughs> i'm recovering from a uterus attack because i have endometriosis and this Ooh. week was like the red week for me and it was not pleasant but it's a lot better now. Uh, just like tiny bit small caveat that I always like to say when I'm joining podcasts because I get a lot of comments afterwards is if you think my accent is weird, it's because I'm Brazilian. So if I mispronounce anything, you know why? <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't need to worry because here on Girlfriends, we mispronounce things all the fucking time. <laughs> So don't worry, it's it's a it's a vibe. But um yeah, do you want to tell the folks out there just um like your kind of your relationship with horror and obviously you're part of the amazing Hero Scream team. And uh yeah, just just tell people about like your relationship with horror and you're really into books as well. So yes. I've loved horror ever since I was super little. Uh a large part of it because of childhood trauma when I was like four. And so after that, I was like, I don't want to read about like happy children doing happy things because I couldn't really relate to that a lot. So I started with Goosebumps and I'm like, yeah, these kids are like in shitty situations and they're facing bad things, but they're fighting and they're winning. And I'm like, yes, this is my jam for the disappointment of my poor mother (laughs) who kept hoping it would just be a phase. And uh, actually, my first 
horror proper horror movie was Jennifer's Body love that when I was 11 and it was my first girl crush that I had no idea was a girl crush also very relatable (laughs) was Megan Fox and then by the age of 14 I found Stephen King and I became obsessed I mean at the same time I became obsessed with horror at the age of like six or seven I became obsessed with books which now later in life I see that a lot of it was because autism, uh, (laughs) fun pandemic discovery. And then last year, I found our fearless leader of Hear a Scream Cat, and they offered me a spot in the anthology, and I'm like, heck yes, and then I started doing book reviews for the site, and I just love it so much. It's such a wonderful community that I discovered on Twitter, like the horror community on Twitter is so lovely and so welcoming at least my experiences so far have been like that and it's oh my god the queer people and I'm like yes my people I found my people neurodivergent queer people finally I think me and Lindsay can both definitely relate to that and um, the horror community is absolutely amazing um if people want to find you on the socials Nina where can where can people find you they can find me on Twitter because I live my life on Twitter now. It's uh, at Dawn of Flowers. I don't even remember why I chose an Emmy with something to do with an all-time low song that I can't remember anymore, but it's poetic. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, one of my first accounts was like a spinoff of like Twilight because I was a hardcore yeah. Twilight stand in the day, so I can't say nothing. <laughs> and then... Um, um, Oh, sorry, you go. Twilight days. Those were the days. They were. They were. Um, and then obviously can people can find you on the Hero Scream website as well, can't website. they? For book yes. reviews. Yeah, cool. Always at least like usually once a week I'm there. Uh, you can find me on Goodreads at Marina Gajido. You can just check the the writing for my name on the Hero Scream website because of Portuguese. <laughs> And yeah, pretty much Goodreads and Twitter, Hear a Scream, that's my life ever since the pandemic started. Well, fair. Well, thank you for joining us today. Um, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Today, we are talking about found footage frights. Now, this theme was Lindsay's choice. Lindsay, why did you decide to put this in, in the roster? I don't know if it was actually. I think you put it in. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, did I? That's kind of rich coming from me because I don't even watch fan footage. <laughs> you're, you're more. I think it was like Violet's spirit got into your head and whispered in your ear, "Do fan footage." It could very well could be, but um, well, you chose one of the films today anyway, which is um, which is Creep. So why why did you choose that? Um, so I chose Creep because it's like one of my favourite found footage films that I've seen although after giving it a second watch I don't know if I want to call it that anymore um but <laughs> I, th- I think it's a really unique found footage films a lot of found footage is about supernatural I mean Creep is about a serial killer and, and we have like Wreck and then it's US spin-off Quarantine which is about zombies but other than that they're all 
supernatural and grave encounters is a really nice twist on the supernatural found footage genre but it all kind of ends up being about ghosts so I really like that creeps a bit different that it's about a serial killer yeah I knew like absolutely nothing going into it and I know that you said to me beforehand like Lucy please like creep because I love this (laughs) (laughs) but it was it was like really unique because as I say I mean besides like the obvious like Blair Witch um and like Cloverfield and stuff I like this is one part of of Cloverfield as well yeah I know like nothing really about found footage that's part of horror like zero knowledge on so it's been really nice because I don't know either of these films that we're talking about until obviously today recording so no um, I'm excited to get into the conversation about creep because like I have to say it's not like anything I've ever watched before yes I was talking to Lucy before I started recording is that I knew nothing about the movie I came to it with no expectations whatsoever and still it was not what I was expecting it to be. I was shocked from the beginning to end. Shook. Shook to the core. Shooketh. Truly. Shooketh. <laughs> and Nina, you chose our other film for Found Footage Frights, which was Grave Encounters. So why did you decide to choose that film? It was the first found footage film that I remember watching. Might not have been the first first, but the first memory And I loved it so much because when I was growing up, my stepfather was obsessed with watching ghost hunter shows. And so it was my excuse to stay up past bedtime was to watch it with him. And at the same time that I loved him, I could see even at the age of 10 that a lot of it, they were playing it up for the camera, which annoyed me a little bit. And what I love about Grave Encounters is that twist on the team of investigators that goes to a haunted locale that they don't actually believe it's haunted and you get to see how they mock the show once they're in between takes and I'm like yes yes this is what I imagine it's like to go ghost hunting to film a show for for primetime television yeah definitely like um it kind of reminds me of like Lindsay I don't know if you watched this and you know I don't know if you did seen it but it was a big thing in the UK and like I was quite obsessed with it as a child kind of shows like <laughs> how I am as an adult today but there's a show called um Most Haunted and it was hosted by Derek Akora um and it very this like Grave Encounters very much reminds me of that but like taking the piss out of it so I I did enjoy that kind of side of things because the stuff they were saying I was like you could put this on Most Haunted and nobody would bat a fucking eye. <laughs> Lindsay, did you watch Most Haunted growing up? I didn't watch it, but it was it was such a big thing for the longest time. Like the hosts were very well known, and then I think they had a very public like fight as well. So it's quite well known <gasps> that they don't speak to each other now. Um, but yeah, like Most Haunted was massive for years in the UK. Yeah. Um, if if you want to, you should have a look at some clips afterwards on, on YouTube, Nina, so you can kind of see yes. what we're on about because it's 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 wild. I think we mostly watch uh, Ghost Encounters with Zach Bagans, if anyone listens to it, and that's why we drink uh, good old bagel bites. And uh, <laughs> I just, I love the, the investigation aspect and Haunted asylums slash abandoned hospitals, they're my jam. If a horror movie 
features either one of them like yes i'm watching it i don't care i need to see it <laughs> on that note we shall get into should we get into our movies tonight for the spooky sleepover yes yes, yes. perfect Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Grave Encounters. Psychiatric hospitals like this were seen as sort of a, a dumping ground for embarrassing family members rather than a place that they could go to actually get help. Many of them were severely disturbed. It's truly frightening. I swear to God that I saw someone right at the end of the hall there. And he swears that, that, that something pushed him off the ladder. You guys see this window here? Lock it up real good at night. Come back in the morning. Sometimes this thing's wide open. Tonight, my crew and I, using the most sophisticated in ghost hunting equipment, we're in search of definitive proof of spirits that were unsettled in life and possibly unsettled in the afterlife. Is there someone here with us? What the f was that? if this is something real. Did you get that? Do you see you alone, man? Yeah. I'm gonna document everything because when we get out of people are gonna want to see this. Matt and Houston are gone. We just need to focus on finding a way out. There's something over there. The IMBD plot for Grave Encounters is as follows. For their ghost hunting reality show, a production crew lock themselves inside an abandoned mental hospital that's supposedly haunted. And it might prove to be all too true. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Spooky Yuki. This film was released in 2011. The cast includes Ben Wilkinson, Sean Rogerson and Ashley Riesko. Apologies if I butchered that. Um, it was directed by Colin Minihan and Stuart Ortiz, otherwise known as the Vicious Brothers. Um, and they also worked on Grave Encounters 2. So there is a sequel to this film, folks. Yes, sadly, there is. <laughs> <laughs> so is that basically tell us we shouldn't watch the sequel? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to tell you not to watch it, but like, if you do watch it, don't blame me. <laughs> it's not my responsibility. <laughs> Um, good to know, good to know. <laughs> um, they also worked on another film called The Extraterrestrial, and they're both the writers behind it as well. Um, so yeah, let's get into, we'll get into the plot, but initially, because like, obviously, me, 
and Lindsay have never seen this before. Lindsay, what were your initial reactions after you finished watching this? I, I'm still like, I've kind of spent all day being like, what the heck am I going <laughs> to rate this film at the end of it? Because I think there's some bits that are like actually quite good, but there's other parts about it that are just so wrong to the point it really wound me up and took me out of it a little bit, um, which we'll get into, but yeah, I'm very on the fence about this. I think I maybe needed another watch to go either way. <laughs> I'm kind of the same. I've been thinking all day today, like, what the fuck am I going to rate this? Because it's a bit of an emotional roller coaster. because there's some bits in it that are, like, quite funny and entertaining. And then there's other bits and some of the, like... I feel I feel bad shitting on this film, you know, but, like, we, we shit on our films all the time. But uh, it's the best thing, like... I said I loved it. I never said it was good. <laughs> Some of the like the animations and stuff made me made me it's giggle really quite bad. a lot. It's really bad, and I love it so. Much. So we all have a film like that. I love *Birdemic* till the day I die. It's trash, but it's glorious trash. Um, yes, exactly. That's how I feel about *Grave Encounters*. It's glorious trash. <laughs> Well, we'll get we'll get into the plot, and then Lindsay, if there's anything in particular that really wound you up, please let us know because I want these rants today. Yes. <laughs> um. So we start off the plot with um our protagonist, we could say, which is Jerry Hartfield, and he's the producer of Grave Encounters, paranormal reality show directed by Ghost Hunter Lance Preston, and it's very kind of like very cheesy vibes. Um. Hartfield explains the show was cancelled after five episodes following the disappearance of its crew and presents raw scenes from like recovered footage of the sixth and final episode. Um, and we have our Grave Encounters crew, which consists of Lance. We have our occult specialist, Sasha Parker, surveillance operator, Matt White, cameraman, TC Gibson. And we have our medium, Houston Gray. So... What's everyone's like initial thoughts on our like cast and crew and this first scene where it's very much I think is he not like sitting on a sofa or something? He's like, I'm going to tell the tale. Here's yeah. the lost footage. It's trying to it's trying to give Vincent Price-esque kind of thing, isn't it? There's something very I know it's 2011, but it's kind of that like transition period between the 2000s and the 2010s, and there's something like delightfully 2000s about everything, yes. and like the, the opening credits for the the show as well, the way they're just like walking through the graveyard and trying to look all moody, and it, it just <laughs> tickles me pink. You know, what do you think of these initial scenes? I love them so much when he's in the couch introducing it it paints me a mental image of like rl stein if he were to introduce the goosebumps tv series i think that's yes. how you do it <laughs> <laughs> and i remember starting watching i'm like yes tell me more about the screw that disappeared come on come on and it started like the introduction and i was immediately thrown back to when I was like eight watching ghost encounters with my stepdad <laughs> and I was like wait a minute was this was this the show that I used to watch when I was younger it's just like the way they edit it and it's like the very the drama of it all like Lance especially like it I need I feel like I need to watch ghost encounters now because it sounds so similar to most haunted yes, it is <laughs> um 
so we have our crew and they are invited to examine the abandoned um, Collingwood Psychiatric Hospital where there's been unexplained phenomenons for years apparently. Um, so we have Kenny who's the hospital caretaker and takes the crew on a tour and tells them about the history of the, the hospital. And then we have all these like interviews which make me fucking laugh like they're interviewing every single bloody person on these fucking grounds like the gardener who's like I saw a ghost it was over there I love the gardener because he is giving nothing after that came back he's like I saw a ghost it was very scary I'm like you make that money bitch like get some more money off of him and say another pointless line get that bag and leave Yes, Queen, go give us nothing. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the other interviews. So there's the one with like, is there not like the emo couple? And they're like, we were making out and we saw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's like one part, I think it's maybe when they're interviewing Kenny and oh, shit, I can't remember what happens, but something goes wrong and they're like, yeah, don't do that. And it's like, why didn't you brief him beforehand? Like, I thought this was a professional television program <laughs> and you're not briefing your interviewees before filming. What's going on? Raw reactions. We want raw reactions. <laughs> and then there's the poor guy as well who gets nervous and he like swears on the camera. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry it's so good it's and I love when they they have the little cuts and they start trash talking with the medium yeah like, how was oh, yeah. that how was that and it just lands I hate him and I love him at the same time uh I don't know if you agree with that Lindsay but for our astrology peeps out there he I think is the incarnation of a Virgo sun with a Leo rising and a Leo moon mm. and I think that's just the vibes <laughs> yeah definitely um oh, one of my like favorite parts is like when you were saying like when they like break and then they're just like oh that was like so funny and all the rest of it it's when Houston like gets out of his car and I was just like oh for fuck's sake here we go and <laughs> because it's just the way it's like all set up and you see like the squishing of the jacket and everything and you can just tell that he, like he's so full of shit the toilet's jealous yes. and then when it broke I was like oh thank god like <laughs> it's those little nuggets like I feel like the star of this film really sets it up to be quite good and then like it, it, for me anyway it, it goes a it bit goes. downhill <laughs> yeah it um, goes <laughs> one of the things that like annoyed me at the start of this film it was like actually wound me up to the point it took me out of it was the way that the camera was like zooming in and out and in and out like all the time I'm like I'm no expert in editing video by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't know what the fuck they were expected to pull together out of that footage. <laughs> like, could you imagine, Lucy, like, making a marketing video out of that? It, it's giving... There, there's nothing. There it, is nothing. <laughs> it's giving nothing. It's giving first year at film school vibes, and you're trying to get your artistic shots, and you're like, I'm just going to move the lens and see what I can get out of this <laughs> let's just say that I think that even if they had not disappeared the show would probably have been cancelled before the end of the <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think they just part of them was like okay thank god we disappeared because 
that that makes the show like a cult classic and we won't be remembered for the lack of quality <laughs> i know there's a film editor somewhere breathing a sigh of relief that didn't have to deal with that shit <laughs> exactly <laughs> Um, so they go on the speed tour as we mentioned they're being quite bitchy off screen they're interviewing every fucking person in their mall that they can find <laughs> um, and they're talking about the history of the hospital so they name a particular doctor called um, Arthur Friedkin who performed like unethical experiments and lobotomies on hospital patients before um, being killed by them I don't know Nina if you because I know you play Dead by Daylight but there's a game called Outlast this kind of reminds me of Outlast a little bit doesn't it yes a hundred percent and uh that subject specifically of lobotomies has always freaked me out because I know I pretty much always knew that I was little mentally ill even though I, I didn't know about the autism and I'm like if I was born 80 years earlier things would not have ended well for me and so that makes the fear like mm. no I'm never stepping foot in an asylum abandoned or not because no I'm not I'm not taking that risk no <laughs> it is really scary um funnily enough near I say near me um kind of like maybe an hour away Lindsay I don't know if you I don't know if you ever went there but I did for a shoot once um there there was an old abandoned asylum in um Bankery it got set on fire a couple years ago actually but you could go in it and it's actually looks kind of similar to this like there was like beds left and there was medical equipment and like absolutely fucking wild um never went in there at night (laughs) I shall say Please don't. <laughs> no. you shouldn't have gone there in the day like <laughs> it was a place that a lot of like local photographers would go for like photo shoots and stuff like it you, you're not supposed to go in there but being like young and stupid and like <laughs> think an alternative model at 18 that's what you used to fucking do um but yeah it's 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 insane thinking like only a couple decades ago this would have I'd say the norm but kind of like you could prosecute for it which isn't it's it's insane especially Um, for AFAB people like anything AFAB people did were like no hysteria you shall go to the asylum well it's not that long ago as well like if a wife was being difficult like a husband a husband would just be like she's been hysterical and I mean like you're talking like as early as the 50s yeah well I was gonna say 50s 60s but yeah like even but there then. was one that I think just shut down I think you like 70s or 80s in the U.S. I don't remember which one right now but I was like excuse me the 70s it's so messed up it's so fucked up yeah it's there's still a long way for us to go but yeah we have we have come in strides um so the crew decide to lock themselves in the hospital for the night and begin their investiga- investigation. So they set up camp and then they're getting all their cameras up, like static cameras throughout the building. Um, there's no paranormal activity to start with. Oh, why is it doing this? Um, we'll give it a second. Um, so within the first few hours, um, TC captures a door slamming behind him. Um, now at this point, did, you, did any of you, like did either of you, did you fall victim to the jump scares? Because, like, I actually didn't that much yes. in this. I was more so with Creep 
funnily enough I found that more jumpy I was like the exact opposite because usually ghost stuff freaks me out a lot more because I'm a very confrontational person and kind of like anger issues so usually if I picture myself in the serial killer scenario I'd be like I beat you delusional thinking that I could fight the killer to be jumpy like I would die a hundred percent but I would be delusional until the very last second like nah I can deal with this (laughs) (laughs) what about you Lindsay did you fall victim to the jump scares in this a little bit like I think with this found footage film like with like others I just found myself like the camera would be looking at an empty room and I'm sitting there like why am I terrified right now (laughs) you're waiting for something to happen I'm like why am I scared there's nothing happening um but it's just like the anticipation of something happening so yeah I felt quite scared during a lot of this film Um, so the crew attempts to establish contact with like any entities that are in the hospital. They start hearing like unexplained sounds. Um, Sasha's hair appears like it's lifted by an unexplained yeah. force. That was creepy. Like Sasha yeah. really gets the brunt of it in this. Yes, absolutely. I because it like scratches some word on her back later as well. Yes. Like fucking hell. It's na- it's 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 naked. Um, <laughs> they return downstairs to pack in preparation. Um, for for Kenny returning, um, and Matt decides to go off alone to retrieve the, retrieve the static cameras. If we know anything in horror, don't venture don't off alone. Go in pack. Well, first of all, don't lock yourself in a supposedly haunted location. That was mistake number one. And then- yeah. <laughs> And they're like, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'll be right back. Like, mm, bestie, should not have said that. <laughs> and before Matt can get the camp, the last camera, he hears a large, he hears like a banging of some kind. And he's like, I'm gonna go investigate yeah. that. Were you, you not? Me. Were you scream? I was like screaming at my TV. I'm like, you are such a fucking <laughs> idiot. What are you doing? <laughs> when Matt and Kenny don't return, big surprise. Um, <laughs> The crew forces the front doors open, but discover that it leads to another hallway. Um, and this maze kind of thing is it's giving like phasmophobia vibes, like you just can't get yes. anywhere. And they're walking through and realize, despite the clock saying it's dawn, it's still dark outside. What did you think of these scenes? Because like I feel like this is kind of where it kind of lags a little bit. I find these scenes a little bit slow, and then like it kind of ramps up near the end. Lindsay, I don't know if you think the the same. Yeah, it's like it's quite in, like an interesting element that they flung in that they're seem to be in permanent night for some reason, and all of a sudden this place is turned into a labyrinth almost rather than a maze. Um, but yeah, they don't seem to do an awful lot with it for a little bit after. You're just kind of watching them go crazy, and it's just like. I don't know, like, I know they have every reason to go crazy because they've now realised that they're trapped in some little paranormal, like, hell, but nothing really happens for a bit. It's just, again, like, watching doors open and wheelchairs move and things like that. It's like, you need a bit more. That part freaks me out so much, but yeah, because it's a, in a specific fear of mine is of being trapped in Jenner and they're like trapped in time 
because ever since you're a little kid and you're like terrified in your bed you tell yourself, you oh, know, like everything will be all right once the, the sun rises because everybody knows that nothing bad can happen when the sun has risen. But then they're trapped and it's night and the sun doesn't come. And that just, that made me so nervous. I was so anxious. I'm like, no, 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 they're, they're cheating. They're cheating. <laughs> the ghost is cheating. That cannot happen. And uh, you said about the phasmophobia map, I, I felt in the dead by daylight map because they get lost very easily and so when i'm the killer and i'm in the main structure i'm just like okay where's the exit no not here no not here I'm like okay i would i would have lost my shit five seconds <laughs> after opening the main door and it's like oh no it's a it's another corridor i'm like no i'm out i'm out i'm gonna throw myself from a staircase and choose my own death at this point it's really interesting in regards to like the time and stuff like that like for it to like for a clock to say it's still dawn and for it to be dark outside I would find that really like really creepy and like disorientating so you guys are right that's um it's very weird um the crew return to the lobby and they sleep and they sleep for like seven hours or something how can they sleep yes. in the I I could not sleep like that could you use yeah. on the floor no <laughs> yeah <laughs> I I once uh my little tidbit story time of paranormal activity i was still in college living by myself woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom the second that i sit down in the toilet and i look up there is a full-on shadow man sitting at the foot of my bed <sighs> and i just froze and I hit the the light switch and once the light was on it had disappeared and i'm like terrified half naked in the toilet being like what do I do? What do I do? And then I remembered that I had class at like 8 a.m. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care if you want to kill me while I'm asleep. Do it. I'm too tired to care. Like pop right back into bed. Like two minutes later, I was out. <laughs> Is that not mo- the most like millennial Gen Z thing you've ever heard in your life? <laughs> I don't care if you're going to kill me. I'm tired and I'm going to sleep. I was going to say, it reminds me of you, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> I could see you doing that. Like if I go at least I'm a might as well be well rested, you know? <laughs> yes, this is this is very relatable. <laughs> um so yeah, they have their their 7 hours like healthy sleep schedule. Love that for them. Um <laughs> But they're awoken when the construction light they set up uh, falls forward and breaks. So things are starting to kind of kick up a notch yeah. now. Um, TC tells Lance that there's like a fire escape on the roof and they head off to find a stairwell with rooftop access. Um, but the stairs are blocked off by the most randomly built wall in front <laughs> yeah. of this stair. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. What architect was like, I will just put a wall here. Like... Were you also like, what the fuck? I mean, considering the architecture fails that I've seen here in Brazil, like, I don't even doubt it for a second. <laughs> but I think it was so nice of the ghosts to let them sleep for seven hours. They're like, no, it's okay. You got a time out. <laughs> you can take your nap. <laughs> it's, we'll, we'll wait. <laughs> Lindsay, any thoughts on that? Are, are, is, there, is there another point coming up soon where you're going to be absolutely raging? Yeah, I just, I, like, what I took from the ghost, like, knocking the thing over was just like, right, that's enough. 
and just woke them all up. Like, I'm wake up time. <laughs> I need to do some hunting. Wakey, wakey. Um, so they decide to backtrack because I think it's TC that like slams on the wall and is like completely devastated. He's just lost it, which fair. Um, but they decide to backtrack and they're looking at a map on the wall and the arrows on their compass start spinning in like random directions. Um, and the, the group hear Matt screaming or what they think is yes. Matt and they run through the halls trying to find him. And they find the, the room- bathtub scene. Oh my God. Yes. So we're getting, we're getting this. What do we think of the bathtub scene? I love it and I hate it and it creeps me out. Because <laughs> <laughs> you are like, you're kind of half expecting it. You're like looking at this bath and you're just like, someone's going to jump out. Someone's going to jump out. And then it does and it's still fucking scary. <laughs> I did fall for that jump. I'm not gonna lie, even though it's like Same. you know it's gonna happen, you, you still jump out your skin. Oh, very, very creepy. Um, <laughs> and this is the bit as well where they find the hello, which is scratched onto Nina's back, and it's like really savage, isn't it? Rude. rude. Very rude. M- misogynistic. Like yep. you had to go for the one woman, really. I know there's more space on one of the men because they're bigger. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you could have done calligraphy and everything. <laughs> well, I mean, this was written and directed by men. So are we surprised? Yeah. No. No. And it like goes from the the old timey. So yeah, they're gonna be misogynistic and racist, like. So go, go, ghosts him. ghosts are also sexist. We we have found from from this yes. episode. <laughs> yes. um, so they decide to go looking for Matt again and hear his voice on the walkie talkies, um, and then they come across um, this like mysterious ghost figure in a hospital gown, and then mm-hmm. her face is like distorted quite like grossly mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, what do we think of the? This is kind of where we see more of these like special effects if you will and <laughs> Lindsay I call Lindsay the resident Lindsay's our resident special effects queen loves her special effects and makeup how do you rate this <laughs> oh, they're a bit like rudimentary aren't they yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a compliment <laughs> they're just like they're quite basic like I understand going for the kind of like normal face to like distorted face kind of scare um to try and like confuse these people who are being haunted but yeah it's like it's not great that like they didn't have a big budget for this it was it was very 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 small so I understand why it's not so good but yeah it's not so good (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize how and we will get into it once we get into our like reviews and stuff but I didn't realize how low budget this was um really really low budget so still like I'm trying to keep that in mind as we watch this because yeah it in they they did do it on a tight budget um so they run away in fear obviously as as you would Um, (laughs) and and Houston is separated from the rest of the crew so now he's separated like Matt was um he wanders the halls in darkness and is lifted in the air and and choked and um, before a bright light bursts from the end of the hallway and he f- he's flung and he's dead. Um, I actually don't mind these scenes, like the floating choking scenes. I yeah. think they're actually done all right. 
I don't know if you both agree with that, but I I, yeah, I, I quite yeah. I quite like that. I thought it was done okay. I think like the floating choking was done well, but I, like I don't understand this bright light thing. And I think later on, when Sasha I can't even say she dies because she just disappears in a literal puff yeah. of smoke, and you're just like, what the fuck <laughs> is all that about? It's like there are multiple ghosts haunting them, and then they have not agreed on a game plan. Yeah. So they're like each <laughs> doing their own thing and it's chaos. Each opposing star signs and they just don't vibe with each other. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> um, so after like hiding out for several hours, Lance, Sasha and TC discovered that they have been fitted with like hospital identification bracelets yes. with their names. That part was just... Yeah, that Whoa. was fucking freaky. And you can kind of see what the ghosts, like, kind of game plan is there, is to try and, like, convince them that they are hospital patients. They unified. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I like that. I thought that was quite a nice touch. And that that's... It, going into that kind of side, it's a bit more fucked up. And, like, I and quite like that. It's amazing that they do that after they pretty much driven them insane. Yeah. So first they drew them in saying, now you're a patient because you, you're cuckoo now, bestie. Like exactly. You're going to become one of us one of really us. soon. Um, so they roam the halls again. Um, and then there's an arm that smashes through the window and grabs Sasha. I think this is the bit as well. Is this a bit where all the arms are like coming down from the ceiling? That is the special yes. effect that I have an issue with because like it was so funny. Oh my god, it, it's like MS Paint style hands. It's so fucking bad. <laughs> like it's what again, it's like you understand what they're going for, but it's so poorly done. I just wish they'd like left it out and like maybe <laughs> just worked on the distorting ghost faces a bit more like put that to that because it just yeah <laughs> these like brown wiggly things that are like coming out of the walls it just doesn't work I was kind of like remembering and I know they are different films and could you argue hostess found footage because it's on zoom and stuff um, I would say so I mean like that's the direction found footage is going in now it's like your webcam kind of things or your like youtube live streams you know like sprees yes that's, that's kind of where it's going now yeah because how many folk really cut about with a video camera anymore hipsters that's <laughs> um but yeah i i don't want to compare it to that but, but like because host was such like a cultural phenomenon in horror um you know in 2020 yeah, I, I hated it did you? Oh, we loved it so much. Oh, we loved it. Oh, wow. <laughs> and That's I had fair, such though. high expectations, and I was just. Mm. Maybe we have to have, have another episode with yeah, because we because we don't debate that much. So I'd actually no. be quite curious <laughs> about your thoughts. I know we it. just agree with each other. <laughs> 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 Um, but no, what what I was meaning was just like with host, um, obviously that's like super low budget as well. And it's done yes. in lockdown and stuff like that. And they really didn't have that many effects. I know they had the bit with the mask, but like, I don't feel like you missed it. So I kind of agree with you, yeah. Lindsay. Like, it just don't have it. You don't need constant like. Less is more. Yeah. yeah. Less is Work more. with what you have. Work with what you have. Exactly. 
Um, so Lance frees Sasha and they run down the hallways. Um, TC yells at them, come put into a room where Matt is sitting in, and Matt's in like a hospital gown and is yes. like, a f- like completely out, out of this it. world disassociated i thought that was quite creepy the way he's like huddled and stuff yeah. like that i was waiting for him to like jump out at me yes it's... and let me tell you those people are better friends than i am because like the second you disappear i'm like okay i'm not looking for you i'm, I'm hearing <laughs> your voice in the walkie-talkie no i'm not no i hear nothing <laughs> i pretend i do not see it i pretend i do not hear it and <laughs> like they have so much endurance it's always what i wonder watching horror movies and like zombie movies at a certain point i would have just given up i'm like okay i'm gonna die here that's it that's the tea like i'm not gonna keep stressing myself trying to find a way out clearly i'm gonna fail so let me just like take myself out nice and quiet okay ghosts you win goodbye (laughs) And I don't. I feel like, especially in this situation, because we've never really given an indication of how long they're in there for. I think the last like number we see in the bottom right is forty six hours. So we know they've been yeah. there for more than two days, and then it just starts going crazy, like rolling. Um. So we don't know if like how hungry they are, like dehydrated they are, and these things can lead to like losing your mind and hallucinations and things like that as yeah. well. And I think the thing with Matt is when we like just come across him again and he's in the hospital gown, you know that way sometimes in horror films, what you don't see is scarier than what you actually see. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. what the hell has this guy been through for? It could be days, like, I don't know, maybe even weeks. You don't know how long yes. he's been there for. And it's like, what the hell has this guy been through? Yeah, it's very much left up to our imaginations and you're just like, thinking of all the horrors that he could could have been put through because yeah time time doesn't really exist at this point now either because like we don't god knows what it's like outside um so you're right it could be weeks months even and um lack of food can make one go very insane i i know that yeah you can definitely go hungry (laughs) and and one thing that i wonder because it's like almost as if they've been thrown into a parallel dimension and I wonder mm. like what the caretaker finds when he actually like arrives there the next morning and opens it up like does he just find their equi- equipment is everything gone and he finds like nothing like you know what what happened exactly like I open the door and I see nothing or I just see the equipment and no people again I would be like I did not see it <laughs> no <laughs> I have paid enough happened. for this yeah exactly <laughs> this is above my pay grade goodbye <laughs> um after the, after this is when we get that bathtub scene um with um with matt and sasha and lance and then lance finds an elevator and he tries to open it he leaves sasha and matt behind to look for something to like pry the doors open um lance decides to take a rod off one of the hospital carts pulling a macgyver we love to see it. Um, and he notices like a bloody severed tongue in the corner of the room. Yes. Ooh. That it, it felt quite random. Lindsay, were you just kind of like, eh? Yeah, kind of, because it looks like the like in the ghost face era anyway, it looks like something much bigger than a human anyway. It has like bit off some of his face. And you're just like, how the fuck did that happen? 
like, I'm a very squeamish person. So anything that's like remote, remote, like physical horror, I'm like, even if it's like awful, awfully done. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not here for it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like that with eyes. Like I'm fine with most score, but anything with eyes, absolutely not. I will not watch. Um, or I'll be I'll be squeamish with it um but then Lance sees this ghostly figure like huddled in the corner of the ceiling it's trying to chase after him um he eventually gets the elevator doors open um and Lance and Sasha are keeping the entity at bay um by trying to like keep the door closed as it's chasing them Matt leans forward and he falls down the elevator shaft now that to me is really creepy. I find anything with like elevators or like we call them lifts in the UK really scary. I got caught in one as a kid. I was stuck and like ever since I oh no, I get creeped out. <laughs> it was a good I actually quite like this death though. I, I don't know if you two have any thoughts too. about that. But I did find it very funny the first time I watched <laughs> because he just like leans in and I'm like, oh there he goes, there he goes. Whee! <laughs> just I couldn't stop laughing I had to pause the movie <laughs> because like, I don't have that with elevator I've been trapped in several all throughout my life and I'm like that this is chill if I die I die <laughs> <laughs> and it was just so funny to me imagining him go Wee! <laughs> he does seem quite happy to go though yes doesn't he smile looks and he's just like Okay. <laughs> just had enough at that point as it is like you know what I'm taking the same. would have done the <laughs> same and I'm like oh, okay seems like a good way to go <laughs> just reminds me because we were talking about aliens last week it's like game over man it's game over. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, we have that and then um Lance and Sasha enter the tunnels beneath the building in search of an exit. They're going underground. Mm. Sasha starts falling really ill and is like coughing up blood. I actually quite like these scenes because this is like, I don't know, it it reminds me of, not that I've watched that much found footage, but it reminds me of a couple of like other found footage things I've seen in the past. Um, The two stop to sleep and this is where we get the abduction by mist. Lindsay you you have the floor for this because I I, I, I'm still trying to comprehend what the fuck happened here yeah like at first I was like oh it's like something trying to gas like is there a fault in the building is something trying to gas them I we've not been led to believe at all that there's a fucking steam monster that will (laughs) take you away and I mean, like, we don't even know if she's dead. Like, they might have just took her home. Like, for all we bloody know. <laughs> like, you got scratched that, that you get a pass. Yeah, it's like, you've suffered enough, hen. Like, I'll just take you back to your, your, own, your own house, to your own bed. Actually, <laughs> what the fuck was that? I didn't know ghosts could do that. Maybe they're also like, you know what, you've had to deal with all these men this entire time. Yeah, let's, let's get yeah. you home. Yeah, <laughs> run your bath, put the fresh sheets on, and get you in your bed. That's what happened to Sasha. <laughs> Instead of gaslighting, is gas kidnapping. <laughs> <laughs> gas kidnapping and girl bosses. Kidna- exactly. 
um, <laughs> after that um lance is like becoming very increasingly unstable as as you would be left or your own yes. in these tunnels and then we have this scene that's so gruesome where With he the- like the mm-hmm. rat mm-hmm. oh and I like, I like rats. So I felt really bad for it. And I was like, oh, bless you. I wonder what they used for that, actually, to, like, munch on. Yeah. Hopefully not a real rat. That's well, hopefully. all I'm going to say, hopefully. Like, Oof. again, the sensory issues with texture. And I all I could think of was how it would feel to actually bite into a live, Ugh. like, rat. And it's, like, squirmishing in your mouth for a little bit until it died, like, the fur and the little teeth and then the eyeball like oh no absolutely not um after his his little lunch his little ratty lunch lance passes out (laughs) ratty snacky yes he wakes up and finds a door leading to um arthur friedkin's operating room who we spoke about before that did the um lobotomies um, and it contains evidence of cultural rituals and graphic photos of his operations. And then he sees like an apparition of him and several nurses and is like dragged away. And then this is where I got like Outlast vibes. That felt like a scene from Outlast. Yes. Um, Lindsay, what did you think of this scene and like getting to see Arthur in the flesh, if you will? I wasn't 100% sure about it because... But yeah, fair enough, like the revelation that he's been doing rituals and stuff on the patients, like we've seen that quite a few times before. And I think we know, like historically anyway, that asylums were really horrible places in which like awful operations and things like that were done on people. Um, But then like bringing him into it to then possibly do a lobotomy on Lance I was just kind of like what like I don't like I can't decide if it's like a good twist or not you know what I mean yeah that's true because after this <clears throat> bit as well we assume that he has had a lobotomy and then he's he's saying that like I've been cured and you know we're under the impression well he thinks he's going to be able to leave which he obviously fucking isn't but <laughs> that's like the the, the end of the, of the, the fel- yeah and then it is kind of like sequel baiting, I suppose. So yeah, yeah. You've seen you've seen the sequels. So I have seen the sequel. Can I give yeah. spoilers? Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't finish the second movie. That's how much I hated it. I made it like halfway through, and the second movie begins with a film student that's obsessed with grave encounters, and in like their universe, it is considered a found footage movie, but the actors never reappeared after the movie and so he's obsessed and no this is actually real this actually happened and so he goes to the asylum and he finds Lance oh, Lance is really? alive ah. Lance is alive and he gets trapped there with Lance and then I was just so fed up with it because the new protagonist is even more annoying than Lance if you can imagine it <laughs> yes <laughs> And, uh, and I was like, I hope he gets gasified, lobotomized, like, all of the... <laughs> Mystified, scratched, everything. Yeah, exa- all at the same time. But I love the, like, the ending of the first one. And it reminded me of a very early on Supernatural episode where they, again, go to a haunted asylum and there's a doctor that tries to lobotomize Dean. And it's just, if Dean Winchester were there that never would have happened. (laughs) 
Do you think there's maybe a certain aspect at the end of this film of Lance kind of getting what he deserves because he's a hundred percent obnoxious at the start about yeah. like trying to find something and making sure everybody stays and yes. like he's not the nicest to his crew and he's just really cares about I don't think he's really arsed about the paranormal, it's just about money and it's just like, yes. oh, you want a proof, here's your proof, like get a lobotomy by an actual ghost. <laughs> Like, you, you got what you asked for, bestie. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's why I love it so much. <laughs> because I hate all of them. And then you just see them dying one by one. I'm like, yes! It's very satisfying, <laughs> I will say. Um, but before we get into our final thoughts and the ratings and box office and all that good stuff, I was having a look for some trivia. There isn't too much trivia, but we've got a couple bits. So... Um, this was filmed over 10 nights so it was a really short shoot actually they didn't have long to to shoot this at all and that's probably because of like budgets um as you'd already mentioned Nina this is heavily influenced by um ghost ghost encounters ghost encounters yeah um and similar to Cloverfield this film's only soundtrack is played during the end credits funnily enough I didn't actually notice that in this I didn't notice the lack of Me score. Neither. I don't know if... I, no, did you, Lindsay? No, but I think, yeah, you're just <laughs> to a certain extent engrossed in what's going on that you don't notice. Um, the character of Dr. Arthur Friedkin shares the same surname as the director, William Friedkin, who directed The Exorcist, the OG <sighs> Exorcist from the 70s. So that's a nice little throwback. Ooh. Oh, Yes and um the setting of the film so Collingwood Psychiatric Hospital is actually a hospital Riverview Hospital it was an abandoned mental institution um in British Columbia built in the 20th century it was shut down in 2012 and it's also been the like location for films like Watchmen and the X-Files so they filmed it in a legit hospital so that probably would have been quite creepy too I can imagine for the cast and crew um but yeah like what are our overall thoughts when we finish this Lindsay like what what are you thinking especially now that we kind of like talked through it as well I know I'm still I'm still for some reason like kind of on the fence about it um like the start really did like throw me off like with just the camera work and stuff I'm like how the hell are you supposed to edit a tv show out of this um (laughs) but I kind of like how the characters deteriorate throughout I like how they all have their own like individual understandable reaction to everything that's going on you know you get like the one of them's been like quite aggressive like one of them's been quite weepy the other one's trying to like calm everyone down and and I think that Lance goes through quite the character arc in this film like Mm -hmm. he's a very different person in the end to who he was at the start um, and I think like the cast did a really good job with making it seem believable because you do need that in found footage. You don't want to see them acting. Do you know what I mean? And they all seem very believable. But um, yeah, there is bits with like the ghosts and stuff and like the actual haunting itself. It's like, mm, that's, this doesn't really make sense, guys. <laughs> like this, this film does have like nuggets of charm in it. Yeah. I feel like there's some bits in it that are really good um so like I can I can see why why you chose this Nina um I think that's also like I I suppose it is a good film for like a spooky sleepover like if you're hanging out with your mates and you want something that's kind of like easy to watch Mm -hmm. 
this is it a was the first choice. time that I watched it was the first found footage movie and it was the first sleepover that I was having with my best friend like we were 14 and she's still my best friend today 10 years later and it was the first movie we watched together and so it's like that dirty ass blanket you have from when you were a kid like now it's super nasty but you still love it and it like still your baby and I'm like it's awful yeah I know I love it <laughs> it's the nostalgia of it all um, yes. but with that we'll get into box office and ratings so as we mentioned this was a very very low budget film um this had a budget of 120k $120,000 I think this is one of the lowest budget films we've covered so far isn't it Lindsay I think so as well yeah um but considering that it made 5.4 million in the box office so it did really well actually all things considered I don't know Absolutely. if this got a cin- did this get a cinema release I'm not sure yeah it did yes oh um in terms of ratings um it's I was gonna say it's generally the same across the board but actually looking at Metacritic they've been very very savage um <laughs> IMVD gave um Grave Encounter 6.1 out of 10 Rotten Tomatoes the critics gave it 67 um the audience gave it 49 and then Metacritic gave it 33 so generally across the board it's like average or below average so Nina is your heart hurting at that <laughs> no like I I am very aware that it's trashy like I've always I I embrace I embrace the cringe I embrace the bad and I I never got those people that think that just because they like something it means that that thing is good yeah and I'm like nah I love it I give it 12 out of 10 does that mean that it's good no it just means that I love it (laughs) (laughs) we all you know just let people enjoy things we always say that we hate gatekeeping you know like let people like the things that they like and everyone's allowed their own opinion yeah and I usually hate I I like the easy bites I usually for like I hate the exorcist I I hated host I hated hereditary I haven't watched it, but I, I just, I know deep in my core that I would hate Malignant and like the Paranormal Activity series is one of my like favorite movies of all time. Like I know my opinion. It's no. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fair though. If you like it, like, you know, li- live, live your best life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But on that note, we'll get into our ratings. So, Lindsay, I'm going to start off with you. I'm very curious because I have no idea what you're going to rate this. <laughs> what are you going to rate Grave Encounters out of 10? I think because I am so conflicted on it, I am just going to go straight down the middle with a five. I really wish I'd maybe factored in a second watch for this week so I could have like really firmly been like, this is my decision. But I am so conflicted on this film that I'm just going to have to go down the middle and say 5 out of 10. Well, that's fair. Um, I don't think my rating's going to change even talking through this. It might sound a bit harsh, but like I generally fine footage isn't like a genre that I love anyway. So any fine footage film, I'm not going to give it math, like a massive score. But I mean, I did find it funny. I think this is like an entertaining film. I think if anyone is a fine footage fan, they should definitely watch this. Um, but for me, I'm going to give it just below that. So I'm going to give it a four out of 10. Um, 
Yeah, we know you love this, but what are you going to give it out of 10? I'm giving it, like, if I find one thing that I like about the movie, I either love things or I hate things. Yeah. So 10 out of 10, because it just makes my little heart so happy. (laughs) And I want to rewatch. I think I've seen that this movie like 10 times over the last 10 years. (laughs) A 10, 10 obsessive. 10 out of 10. We love to see it. Um, <laughs> but on that note, we are going to move over to the next movie of the, the spooky sleepover. And it's Lindsay's yes. choice with Creep. So take it away, Lindsay. All right, we are uh, leaving the flatlands and we are heading up towards the mountaintop. We had set $1,000 for the day, filming services. Discretion is appreciated. The yellow door. I'm realizing that no one knows I'm here. Hi! Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to scare you. I'm assuming you're Aaron. Yeah, I'm Aaron. Nice to meet you. Joseph. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is gonna be a good day. So the reason I've hired you is because I have terminal brain cancer. And I want you to film me to make a video diary for my unborn son. You ready for this? Okay. Joseph! This is called an adventure. Woohoo! We don't know exactly where we're going. <laughs> but I have a feeling. When you follow those feelings, great things can happen. Don't ever forget that. Joseph! <laughs> there was about two seconds there where it looked like you wanted to kill me. Joseph, I think I'm gonna head back. You see my keys? One drink, okay? Bottoms up. scared. Don't be scared. It'll all be over soon. So the IMDb plot for Creep is a young videographer answers an online ad for a one-day job in a remote town to record the last messages of a dying man. When he notices the man's odd behaviour, he starts to question his intentions. Creep came out in 2014, stars Patrick Bryce and Mike Duplass, Patrick Bryce directed the film. Uh, he also directed Creep 2 and The Overnight, uh, and he also wrote both of those films as well. Uh, Bryce and Duplass also wrote Creep. Uh, 
Mark Duplass also worked on Creep 2. Uh, Jeff lives at home. And I just wanted to add in as well, like Mark Duplass is like quite the character actor and he's been in so much more than you'd expect. So he's also starred in The Morning Show, Big Mouth, Bombshell, The Mindy Project and many, many, many other things as well. So I just wanted to add that in too. I wonder who he voices on Big Mouth because I've just finished watching Human Resources, which is like the spin-off. He is uh, one of the Bilzerian brothers. He's one of Jay's older brothers. Oh, that would make sense. <laughs> yes. Um, so you both said that this was your first watch of Creep. Uh, Nina, what were your initial thoughts on the film? I, again, I had, I had no idea what the movie was about. But again, because found footage is so often paranormal, like a little part of my brain all the time was expecting a paranormal twist. And let me tell you, I have never seen anything so disturbing in my whole life as that goddamn tubby scene. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm going to have nightmares tonight, babes. It was, mm, what is happening? And like, it, it went against my very being that this dumbass decided to go to a remote location with a white man <laughs> and it's just again at this point is natural selection you're you're choosing yeah, yeah. to die okay I, I can't defend you <laughs> lucy what were your initial thoughts on the film um I act considering I don't like found footage and I promise I'm not saying this because I know you love this film but (laughs) um no I actually I quite like this it was creepy it delivered on the creep um yes some really disturbing scenes and considering there's only like two like actors in this and really only one when you think about it because you're kind you know because the other's cameraman I thought this was actually like quite entertaining um really unique because it was nice to see a found footage that wasn't supernatural because like as well as found footage I'm not a big fan of supernatural so it was a nice like different take on it and um yeah some really disturbing scenes and I'm never gonna look at both masks the same way again either like oh my god terrified so I literally just finished watching it again like right before we started recording and the kind of issue I'm having with this now the first time I watched this I thought it was absolutely fantastic like you feel so uneasy throughout the film it is very surprising when I was watching it again I was like I know what happens and it wasn't this fun like there's a few little bits of foreshadowing you're just like you notice on the second watch but I didn't enjoy it as much on a second watch which annoys me because I enjoyed it so much the first time but because I know what's gonna happen it kind of takes the suspense out of it I don't know um so that was a bit disappointing for me because I'm of like if I'd reviewed this after the first watch like I would have given it a nine out of ten like I'm, I'm really impressed with that much but I'm not sure now I'm gutted for you because I know I know you you loved it so much but yeah I was so impressed by it right second question before we get into the plot of this film at what point would you have been like I'm out 
because there's I would have many, never many, gotten many more than same. Like, first of all, you're getting a job out of like the internet for a stranger. First, no remote location. Second, no, you arrive and there is a fucking ass X, not an S. I mean, there is an S in the W. <laughs> <laughs> like X. No, and then the tubby. I, I would have gotten up and like, no, goodbye, goodbye. You're giving a bath to an imaginary baby. You are not right in the head. Excuse, no, no. <laughs> and it was amazing because right after that, he was like telling, telling his story about having cancer and his kid. And I, I literally, I started crying. I was like crying, feeling like so bad for him. And like this poor little kid that would like grow up with that knowledge and that is not the only thing he's gonna have from his dad and then the tubby scene and I'm like no kid you're better off without him <laughs> <laughs> savage but true <laughs> so I probably would have gone because I mean the rising living costs you got to make that bag so like you need to make money make money but um what there's only so much you can handle so when it got to that that like that tub scene where it's it's almost like it kind of I don't know it reminds me of like in the night garden like really creepy kids tv shows we were speaking with the blanket and that no absolutely not I'm I'm running out at that point maybe it's like yeah like start speaking to a child that it's not there no Maybe it's because I have a background in care. Um, so I'm used to uh, bathing um, octogenarians <laughs> who have dementia. So they're talking all sorts of, sorts of nonsense. But um, actually, that bit I could contend with. It's um, it's this, the bit afterwards when they're in the forest and he has Ooh. pure toddler energy and he's running all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't cope with this. <laughs> that part I could relate to. I would be like, yes, let's run around. <laughs> That's not me. I'm like, let's walk a leisurely play, pace, please. <laughs> it, w- it was like gay walking. Like, <laughs> yeah. was. you needed one of those, um, oh, what's that thing that you get for kids where it's almost like a harness you put the on lead. them? So they don't a lead. Yeah, yeah, it's one of them. <laughs> it's just the way it was like something would take his fancy and it just reminds me of a child and you know when they're like oh look at this rock oh look at me do this dance and, ah, and I'm like oh I can't handle this it's too much we can never go on a hike together because like my Aries moon and my Aries are like shiny rock look a bird look a leaf and me with my ADHD I was just getting <laughs> every five minutes Lindsay you'd go insane <laughs> yeah Right, so let's get properly into this plot now. So the film opens with Aaron. He is a videographer and he's answered an advert on Craigslist um, to film this guy. It's $1,000 a day and he's kind of excited, fuck it, let's go. So he like turns up to the house. I mean, kind of almost immediately there, it seems a bit weird. He's trying to get in contact with him. He's not answering the phone um you know he sees the axe which makes him feel a bit uneasy as well and then out of nowhere joseph jump square number one in this film just appears at the window um like what did what did we think to our first introductions to both of these characters because like we were saying earlier these are our these are our only two characters um 
like you know this is who we're stuck with for the next hour and 20 minutes I absolutely shit myself at that first jump scare and I was like oh I'm in, I'm in for a ride aren't I, I was kind of cursing you a little bit Lindsay I was like, oh, for fuck's sake what have I got into um but I, I understand why he did because like a, th- a thousand bucks a day no. like and you don't know what his situation is and where he's coming from and how much how in dire need he is of yeah. money um I saw somebody saying um he like it very much gives like the plot of this is like somebody who like really wants to be your friend a little bit too much and it's that intense behavior I saw that in one of the reviews and I feel like that's what this kind of feels like at the start he's maybe just overly overly keen um maybe just like quite lonely because he is so like isolated in this house we don't know much about his story so I did get sketchy vibes at the start but I also kind of felt a bit a bit sorry for him a little bit on edge I didn't expect him to turn into what he did so yeah I hated him from the get-go like first of all (laughs) if you think the proper way to greet me like pounding on my window I'm hitting reverse and I'm like goodbye and you what you said about like the overly keen person and being your friend that I mean when the the person is just like doing it's a little scary and I'm like no you're getting in my space no 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 I don't want to be your friend anymore goodbye you stay there like far away from me and I'm gonna be your friend from far away okay I promise I'll be your bestie if you let me leave (laughs) we'll be best friends for but I hated him and I was so frustrated with that I'm like leave do you not see that this is not a good situation to be in I mean take out a low and it's better than being murdered so what for life decisions <laughs> <laughs> so once Aaron arrives at the house Joseph is given everybody a big scare um, he explains uh, why he's asked Aaron to come and film him for the day and he has an inoperable brain tumour and he says his wife Angela is pregnant and he wants to record a video diary for the baby. It's definitely on a first watch. I'm not thinking anything's wrong at this point because it's like that sounds totally legit. I started crying. I was crying like a baby. I was feeling so bad for that man. And I was if I, again I'll be like I don't think I can film this because I'd be too emotional mm-hmm. okay I would not be able to handle it and then the, again the tubby scene the tubby scene and I'm like yeah man take the camera oh, like, it, film it yourself literally <laughs> like right after that it just goes west and he's getting naked in front of this man he's not even yes! asked him if he's comfortable with this and he gets in the bath and pretends to bathe his child. an imaginary baby <laughs> <laughs> like what did you think of this lucy i mean my heart my heart did break for him at that start and i'm kind of like who could say no to that like that story like you, even if you were feeling maybe a bit creeped out i think you'd give the benefit of the doubt at that point you, you're right yeah. it seems legit right like wanting this video diary um but then yeah he's just pushing it and pushing it and like every time i thought that it couldn't get more disturbing it does so I really have to praise the acting honestly from both of them in this it feels like really believable which I think is what makes it so creepy hence the name (laughs) absolutely um so we get the the bathtub scene 
Um, and like over the course of the day, Joseph demonstrates like increasingly erratic behavior. So I'm trying to remember at what point it's the wolf comes out, Peach Fuzz. Oh my god. Oh, it's fuzz. early on when they're going out to the forest and yeah. Joseph's like, Oh, it's chilly, you should grab something from the closet, and he opens up and there's the the wolf mask. And I gotta say, I found the wolf mask so funny. <laughs> And I don't know why. There's no like rational reason. I just found it very funny because my brain thought it was appropriate to immediately go, doggy. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a meme on the internet of like, there's always a white woman somewhere who sees a big skinny <laughs> dog and it's like, puppy. <laughs> That's what I'm like, oh, doggy, let me pet you. <laughs> But um, Joseph introduces us to Peach Fuzz and does this very odd song and dance number for Aaron, (laughs) stating that this was something that his dad used to perform for him. Um, Actually, this would maybe be the part where I was like, I forgot this happened before the forest, but this would perhaps be the part where I was like, I'm going. (laughs) It reminds me of, um, you know, when you were a little kid and you used to put performances on in your living room and be like, everyone come yes. watch my show. Oh it's my like, God, yeah. It's like, it's the fucked up version of that. Yes. I'd be like, okay, that's too much generational trauma for me to deal <laughs> with. Exactly. And it, it's just, it's actually quite a sleek. Obviously, it's a snarling wolf. It's quite a scary looking mask as well. So it's like, Oh my god, no wonder he's a swift. His dad used to put this on and do song and dance numbers for him. Like, <laughs> I'm 30 and I'm scared. <laughs> and again, I thought, like, thank God he's gonna die. So at least we'll do that to his child. Beach exactly. Fuzz can die with him. It's the scene later on where he's like standing on like the door with the mask. I was like, oh, that's scary. That's when I found it quite creepy. Yeah. Um, so after the song and dance number, uh, Joseph says to Aaron that he's going to take him to this, this special waters that he's been told about that are meant to be very healing. Um, so they end up going out to the woods to find these waters. And again, like I find this very creepy, like if I had been there, because Joseph is just running in any which way, like whatsoever. And there's parts where Aaron is like, do you know how to get back? And he's like, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's over there. We're over here. And stuff like that scares me because it's like, it was this point on a first watch. It's like, this guy is so unpredictable. And like, this is the point in the film when I was, I was starting to get really scared of him as a viewer because it's just like, I do not know what this man is going to do. And that's terrifying because how are you supposed to prepare yourself? He's very unhinged. I feel like yeah. at this point you're on the edge of your seat throughout the film, which I think it, it keeps your interest because you, you legit don't know what this man could do next. Um, you're almost thinking like this this like remote cabin that he's in as well, because he just found this cabin and rocked up. Like, it does, does he know where he is? Like, is this where he actually lives? Or like, because you don't really know anything about his history up at this point either. Um so it is very scary. It's so funny to me because, again, I was like from the get go, I did not like him. And 
this was the moment that I kind of turned on him a little bit. I'm like, oh, he's just quirking. I'm like, yeah, I can see myself like going into the woods and like running around and being like, do you know where you're going? No. Do you know how to get back? No. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this dude's a vibe. Like I can see myself doing that with my friends. And then that moment I'm like, oh, okay, you're all right. I like you. I, I was wrong, but I'm like, yeah, I can vibe with you, dude. <laughs> And um, so they end up down at these healing waters. They have a bit of a time there. That's the fine. heart rock. The that heart rock so is so cute. cute. I love that. Very cute. Um, and then Joseph, after they're like done paddling and whatever, um, <laughs> Joseph makes a suggestion about going to this roadside cafe that's meant to do the best pancakes, and he goes there all the time with his family. But he goes there and this is where one of his lies slips up because he starts saying things like, oh, I wonder what's on the menu. And Aaron's like, I thought you came here all the time. Um, do you think you would have picked up on that straight away? Yes. Or like, did you notice that? I, 100%. in reality, I wouldn't because I'm the most non-observant person <laughs> ever. So I've just, I just <laughs> forgot. It's fine. Um but watching it because you're on the edge of your seat you notice it but in real life I know me I I I would be dead because I just wouldn't notice stuff like this I'd just be like oh yeah it's fine no like 100% especially because again like sensory issues and food issues that I have like I memorize the menu of everywhere I go like even once or twice and if this is a place that this guy claims that he's that he goes to all the time with his family and he needs to even pick up a menu and I'm like Mm-mm, no no I'm, I'm having my pancakes you're paying for my pancakes and then I'm leaving <laughs> <laughs> at least I'm gonna get some food out of it exactly so, sometimes the autism pays off to avoid rigors. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so after this they drive back to the house and um, Joseph convinces Aaron to come in and have a drink Um, but again it's like the way he's like proper strong arming him basically to come into the house should have been like ringing alarms Um, he he really should have stood his ground yeah if he was he would have because I mean I think like most AFAB people have gone through that experience like after a, a medium date or like a bad date and you really just want to leave but the guy just keeps like oh no it's just like one drink or like, yeah let's just go over there and you're like a little scared and a little uncomfortable because like what are he's gonna do if I say no isn't it better if I just like comply and then after he's gonna let me leave um so over the course of the evening of course Aaron's still filming and um <laughs> Joseph oh. is asked if he can tell Aaron something mm. uh, but turn the camera off and then retells this story which likely is completely made up that um, his wife was into bestiality and um, he bought the wolf mask to use during uh, their lovemaking sessions and um, he says that he raped his wife, but I I don't know. I think she wanted it was like consensual, non-consensual, if you get what I mean. Like some people, some people are into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but 
yeah he talks about how he was like very rough with his wife with this mask on and how much she enjoyed it um absolutely no need to tell the story right (laughs) and one thing that i got hung up on is that he says that he ties up his wife first before having sex and then like he goes out and pretends nothing happened and comes back at him as himself and i'm like doesn't he is she still tied up did she untie herself did he untie her before leaving i'm like what happened to the rope yeah oh (laughs) who knows what goes on this man's head (laughs) like i want if i was there i'd be like but wait you found her tied up did you like completely not the point but i was like but wait talk me through it step by step yeah i was just thinking i was kind of like it's the start i was like oh I mean, different strokes for different folks. If you're a furry mate, that's fine. But like, it was the way he was talking about it. It was just, it was just like, yeah. I'd flag central. But you're right. There, there, there are people out there that are into consensual, I mean, non-consent CNC. I'm not opposed to consensual, non-consensual. But like, they, it doesn't seem like they agreed on it beforehand. Mm. Like she, she knew it was him, but at no point did he tell her. It was him. So I'm like, no peach fuzz. Put peach fuzz away. <laughs> I know what it's the way it's so serious. It's like, I lied to you about peach fuzz. It's like, it, nobody needed to know that. Yeah, nobody like, cares. No you, <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't lie. You 100% told the truth. Now shut up. <laughs> Aaron is kind of like, after this, like, do you know what? It's time to go home. Uh, so it's just like a nice car keys um but joseph has hidden them somewhere um joseph seems like he convinces uh, aaron that he should probably just stay the night um aaron drugs joseph's drink to smart boy yes to yes. Uh, knock him out so that he can have a look for his car keys and find some way to escape uh, Joseph's phone starts going off and Aaron answers it and it turns out it is Angela who Joseph mentioned before is his wife but it's not his wife it's his sister and apparently Joseph has a um, form for getting people to his house under false pretenses and Angela tells him to leave immediately Um fun fact Angela is voiced by Mark Duplass's actual wife um so that's a nice little touch that's cool um but yeah what did what did we think of this because this is the first time we really have confirmation that there's something wrong with Joseph like we could suspect all we want but he could have just been a very eccentric guy and he could have had a wife called Angela with a baby on the way but this is our actual proof that there's something very wrong here this is when we knew shit was going to hit the fan and I was just shouting, Aaron, run! Get the fuck out of there! Yeah. Um, I, you're just kind of thinking like, oh, where, where's this going to go now? Because you know there's going to be a chase sequence after this or like a tuffle or something. So, yeah. For a second, I'm not going to lie. I thought, oh my God, he got his sister pregnant. <laughs> 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 and then I'm like, oh no, it was all a lie, okay? and I'm like how how is this woman she's like oh no just get out and walk like lady walk where with what shoes in the dark the middle of the night excuse me and she's just like ah it's fine just leave 
okay, go walk away. Angela, excuse me, why are you not getting your brother help if you know that he just keeps pulling shit like this? If exactly, I, like, that's true, actually. Afterwards, I would have found Angela and I would have like slapped her across, across the face like, you knew and you did nothing? Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> this is true. Um, so after Angela urges Aaron to leave, like he's saying, I can't out. find my keys. I can't, you know, she's like, walk, like get the fuck out of there. Just um, walk. <laughs> <laughs> um, he comes back into the living room. Joseph is not where he was. They get into a bit of a scuffle oh. and Aaron leaves. Um, so the rest of the film picks up with Aaron at home and um, our first little bit of video with Aaron at home is that he has received a video in the post from Joseph and um, he's digging a grave Um, so what did we think of this first video from Joseph? I thought he was dead because like he doesn't show him leaving when they got in the scuffle like the camera falls to the ground and then it cuts right to the digging video and I'm like yep he's dead I knew it I knew it and then he's not there and I'm like you lucky little shit you're alive I thought he was gonna die as well but then like when we get like Aaron's also like very calm at this point he's like oh he found my address that's not ideal if that was me I would be getting like the moving vans and moving yes yes and something that bothers me so much when I watch like movies from the U.S is how easy it is to break into their houses i mean like Mm, excuse me you have no walls and i'm like bestie i live in brazil if you have a house like that you're you're not surviving (laughs) like at the very least you need like a very high wall on top of it like electric fence then like this is the usual like electric fence then barbed wire around the electric fence and then like on top of the wall between broken glass like glued like glued on just like, for extra measure <laughs> no like literally this is like the basics here oh my god and like uh my mom lives i grew up like in a gated community where you know the walls is like that and we have like armed security and where i live now is like a lot of armed security and, like fingerprint idea like unless you have high walls like electric fence barbed wire like broken glass like that's the the basic and so I'm astounded and their houses are just so fragile like you can just punch the wall and it breaks excuse me (laughs) are you building that like out of paper what is happening what is, is why true. is it so easy to murder you why is your door <laughs> so thin that if i kick it breaks that's it, very true and it, is it not something like 70 percent of all serial killers come from the u.s as well it's like no wonder yeah, they're it's all easy, easy targets yeah. <laughs> and so in deluxe and i'm just bestie you want to get murdered at this point i, I imagine like an American like that like moving to Brazil and then just <laughs> you would not last five seconds you precious little baby <laughs> thinking of those houses it's like is it um 
the people that made it from like the you know the fairy tale where it's like the wolf and the three pigs and he's like blown yeah. down on the houses oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> he lives in the straw house yeah. <laughs> he found my address that's not ideal <laughs> Joseph sends another package it's a bigger box um it's another video but he also sends a, a wolf a stuffed toy it's and so cute in in it is um a locket um Aaron goes to the police to try and like get a restraining order and just like kind of get something done about Joseph stalking him but because Aaron has virtually no information on this man there's not really anything he can do. Uh, we'll later realise but it's just because he uses aliases. We see through the camera footage that Joseph is actually breaking into Aaron's house while he's asleep and cutting parts of his hair, which is so fucking creepy to me. Also, how did he not wake up? I know, There's that's what I thought as well. There's a person standing right next to your bed. Exactly. Listen, I'm a very deep sleeper, so that probably could happen to me. <laughs> Although, I'm saying that I am as well. Like, I sleep like I'm dead. Um, so, <laughs> um, Joseph sends a final DVD to Ada and it kind of puts it again in a really creepy spot. He like, manages to, oh, like you're saying, you know, like everyone's so fragile, he like punches through the window and leaves it on his windowsill next to his bed. Right. <laughs> Um, and this is Joseph like offering to make amends like please meet me in this park so that I can just apologize for everything that I've done and uh, we can just move on from this and he goes would you have gone absolutely fucking no 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 I would have moved yeah exactly I, I would have least been like called up a friend and like can I spend like a couple of weeks at your place yeah (laughs) in in the like before that's when he's saying like um you know how much he really wants to see him again and stuff like that and he has the locket back I don't know why I find it really funny when he turns the locket and it says J plus A A on it it's so tacky and cheesy I know it's creepy but I found it funny I shouldn't have been laughing at it but it's hilarious Look, I laughed at the peach fuzz mask. You're fine. <laughs> so this next part is the only part the of the best. film. The first first time I watched it, I was just like, there is no way he would not have realized he was behind him. I mean, like, there's scientific studies done that like if someone is staring at you, you will notice it and turn around because it's like a hangover from when we were like neanderthals and we were prey for other predators and it's something that helps us make sure that we're protected at all times and he sits there and he just fucking sits there and joseph with peach fuzz mask on cracks him over the head with this axe the noise of that by the way oh oh, that really good sound editing there because it is horrible that noise um, but were you similarly frustrated at this ending as I was? I mean, I loved the ending. It was my favorite part, but I was frustrated with him because I'm like, are you stupid? You're actually sitting on the bench. First of all, there's a tree right there. Lean on the tree. Your back is protected. 
you have like a good view because there's a lake behind you so he's probably like not gonna emerge from the lake you have like good view why why are you on the bench you deserve to get murdered for being stupid <laughs> take a witness with you take i don't know why he went on his own as well yes i know he's like i've got the police on speed dial why didn't you call the police and say like i'm meeting with like the stalker that threatened me the thing with this scene as well it's like really long like the right yes. up until the hit i actually thought like um netflix was buffering for a second because i was like <laughs> but it was an artistic choice but like think about it, i quite like that actually um because then you finally get that you're thinking is it gonna happen is it gonna happen and then it does and then you have that sound effect so i did i did really yes. like it <laughs> but yeah who's gonna go there on their own i'm sorry but it, it, nah i mean so far he has proved to be very stupid so yes <laughs> no good life choices were made again i'm happy that person did not reproduce you know his family <laughs> line ends with him <laughs> <laughs> um so in the end um it turns out like all this footage that we've been looking at has actually been joseph reviewing the footage of his and aaron's time together um and joseph is questioning like why doesn't aaron turn around in those moments and he decides that it's because aaron was such a good person that he just believed in him that he would come up come there with good intentions and not actually kill him um and he says that aaron has been his favorite so far and then we um see this cupboard full of videos and dvds which gives us the assumption that he's done this several times before and from what i've seen on imdv someone someone out there counted them all up for us and it looks like there's 57 videotapes so this could be hell 57 victims that's wild wonder like is he an heir does he have a trust fund because i mean he's very active He's clearly like not working. Where does he get the money from? Where mm. does he actually live? Does he robs the victims? Like, does he get the money by after he kills them? He goes to their house and like takes all the valuables with him. Like, what? what where does he get the money? My Capricorn son needs to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So at the very, very end of the film, Joseph, now referring to himself as Bill, takes a phone call and it seems like it is his newest target. Yes. Um, so that is Creep. Um, Creep is intended to be a trilogy. So Creep 2 Ooh. came out in 2017. Uh, and again, it's just two people in the cast. It's Mark Duplass and uh, the videographer this time around is called Sarah, played by Desiree Akavan, um, who's uh, behind the Channel 4 series The Bisexual, and she also did the Miseducation of Cameron Post as well. So like, I really like some of the previous stuff she's made, and she's really good in The Bisexual as well. Um, and it's also a very good film, so I'd highly re- recommend checking that out. There is going to be a Creep 3. They were working on it at the start of 2020, but <laughs> the panorama decided that <laughs> that was not going to be happening. So there will be a Creep 3 to finish out this trilogy. And I'm very curious to see how 
Mark Duplass and Patrick Bryce are going to finish it out um, because Joseph Bill, he goes by Aaron in the next film, of course, because Aaron is his favourite. Whoever he is, like, I'm very curious to see what they do with him next. Definitely. I do actually want to watch the sequel to this. I'm quite curious about it. It's also on Netflix, um, as we will just discuss in a sec. So um, there's not really budget information for this film. Um, all I know is that it was extremely low budget. That's all any information you can get out of it. Um, similar to Hush that we were talking about last week, this premiered at South by Southwest um, in 2014. And then just over a year later, it was sold for a seven-figure sum to Netflix, where it's been available ever since. Um, so, yeah, like, we don't know how much this cost to make, but it was obviously really low. There's only two credited actors and Katie Asselton, who did the, the voiceover for the phone call. Um, yeah, for, like, basically no money, they ended up making, like, tens of millions on this but we don't know the exact figure because Netflix is very hush hush about these kind of things so I mean they did amazingly well and like I think they get a good product out, out off the back of it really definitely and they, they they've must have made a massive profit off this because even yes. out with the cast you're only really in one location as well and yeah. um, they obviously they direct it directed it and they wrote it so you'd only really have like the cast like the editing team and stuff like that and it's probably a minimal like filming crew and producers and stuff like that so um yeah they would have made a pretty penny from this absolutely um so (laughs) (laughs) so let's get into the ratings so imdb rated this uh 6.3 out of 10 uh, Rotten Tomatoes rated this a 90% and the audience a 65% and Metacritic rated it a 74%. So like quite high like across the board really. Mm-hmm. Um, do you agree with this or? I do. I think like um, I get the critics love this which mm-hmm. 90% um, but I think this does deserve the praise it gets because it is it's unique in a genre that's kind of hard to stand out in because you know found footage does have quite a lot of boundaries when it comes to what you can do um so it's really plot that kind of makes you a bit unique so yeah I mean to have a film where it's literally just two people for the entire time and to make that entertaining and to have people on the edge of their seats is not an easy thing to do definitely team is wonderful I mean one of the best acting that I've ever seen like I loved the beginning and I love the ending the middle like after he escapes the cabin and it's at his house being a dumbass that part I was I was just frustrated I was not vibing with it I'm like no no like because of like that middle I think for me like a solid seven because it started really strong and it ended really strong but the middle felt flat a little for me especially because I like why are you this stupid? No, no. <laughs> and, and so if Nina's rating it a seven out of ten, then Lucy, what are you rating creep out of ten? 
Um, well, I know how much you love half points, Lindsay. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to give this a seven and a half, which, I mean, for me, it is, it is really high considering I don't like found footage. This is, like, probably my favourite found footage. Well, there's Blair Witch, but this comes in second, I would say. Um, I did, like, I did enjoy this. Um, it's a shame about the rewatchability. I don't know if I'll rewatch this because you're saying, like, because you, you know what's going to happen. It probably kind of loses its magic a bit but like I, I probably will watch the sequel in all honesty I did enjoy yes, it um, and could, you could probably say this is pretty underrated because unless you're on Netflix you're yes. not probably gonna have seen it so if you're a fan of found, uh, a fan of found footage get it watched there's also like another more famous creep so when someone says creep to me I think about this film because I like I have such positive views about it and I've not seen the other more well-known creep um and when I start talking fine footage they're like what are you talking about and I'm like hey like <laughs> but um let's go on to my ratings so I kind of I feel a bit higher about this again after we've had a chat about it because it is it is like really well done like the, the rewatchability factor is a bit of a bummer and I'm probably not going to revisit it again unfortunately but I don't remember as much about the sequel so I'll maybe give the sequel another go and see what happens yeah. um, let's make another found footage episode we yes <laughs> <laughs> so um I'm gonna give this a seven out of ten because it's very different for the genre it's very well made for like such a teeny tiny budget and it's just like such a nice surprise it's so different for found footage and I think it's just like different in general it's very different take altogether for like a serial killer type film it's almost like you would never expect this to be as low budget as what it is because the way they talk about it it's like maybe like four figures like low 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 budget Uh, and you would not expect that watching this film as well because it's very well done um so yeah seven out of ten so on that note that's the end of the spooky sleepover isn't it Aww. Oh, they're sad. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, Nina, for joining us. Um, I hope thank you've you for had having a- me. This yes. was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> We've had great fun having you on. Um, next week we are talking about female villains. Yes. Um, so we're going to be joined with the absolute beauty MUA spooky queen icon that is Sophie, aka Sophie Serves Face. If you guys listen to any of our Dragula episodes, we were joined by Sophie. So she's coming back for um, some movies for the Spooky Sleepover. And we are talking about the loved ones and audition. Um, And Lindsay, I know you're a fan of audition as well, aren't you? But you haven't seen the loved ones. I haven't seen the loved ones, but I'm really, I'm looking forward to watching loved ones obviously the first time, but I'm really looking forward to rewatch an audition because like you picked the film for next week but I would have picked audition as well so I'm <laughs> buzzing because I like I love the main character and she's totally right to do what she does there you go spoiler for next week <laughs> it's very satisfying to watch and you know I've been wanting to talk about audition for a hot minute so yes. I'm, I'm very excited for next week but um if people want to find you on the socials Lindsay where can people find you I am at hi it's Lindsay underscore on all social media. And Nina, where can people find you? Uh, Twitter at Dawn of Flowers 
at Hear a Screen and Goodreads as Marina Garrido. I checked the site for the, the spelling because <laughs> Portuguese can be tricky. <laughs> You can find me on all of my personal socials at lulu underscore pew. Um, if you want to follow the podcast, you can find us at GoFriendPod on Twitter and GoFriends underscore podcast on Instagram. I got that right. I'm giving myself a pat on the back for that first <laughs> go. Um, but yeah, thank you, folks. I hope you have a great week. Uh, catch you next time and stay spooky. Stay spooky.